when you grow up leaning on God and saying, no matter what happens, God is with me, it's so much easier to go through those. And that's the difference I've seen with neighbors and myself and neighbors who said to me, how did you go through with your husband, with his breast cancer and everything? And I just, we trust God. There's only certain outcomes. And we've said, we can live with whichever one God gives us. And that's okay. And that amazed them. But that became a testimony that we also shared with them. So realize that whatever you're going through, God can use that. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, Altered Story Show listeners. This is your chief storyteller host, Michelle Saunders Gutch, also known as Michelle Gutch. And welcome to my episode 84, Karen Surviving the Unexpected God Story. Thank you for listening to my podcast show that helps Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them. And my show, friends, is also part of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app, the world's most powerful Christian podcast app. And friends, I'm also excited to share that the show was highlighted in the Christian Post recently as one of six top faith-inspiring podcasts for women. So thank you for the love, Billy Holloway and the Christian Post. And friends, I hope you are enjoying your summer or whatever season you're in. I love summer, friends, except for when it gets really hot, (laughs) and it has been lately, but we're getting a little reprieve here in my neck of the woods. So friends, now it's time to get this show started because this is what it's all about. I am super excited to bring to the mic a very talented and lovely, accomplished special guest, Karen Whiting. And I was blessed to meet her at the Spark NRB Media Conference in Nashville in early March of this year. Friends, there's just so much to say about Karen. I just want to honor her um, in this show. She's an author of 30 plus books. She served as a contributing writer for Focus on the Families, Parenting Magazine, and Friends. That magazine's really fabulous. And she did that for a few years. And she writes for families at crosswalk.com and blogs on marketing for the right conversation. She's a former host of Puppets on Parade. What a fun educational television series. And she's a mom. She's a mom of five. She's a traveler and she speaks for women's groups and retreats and schools and children's ministry leaders and at mother-daughter events. And, you know, friends, She and her late husband participated in Officers Christian Fellowship, formerly four decades helping military families and academy students. Now, isn't that amazing? So enough of me and all of this bio. I'm going to let you talk with her. Hello, Karen. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, Michelle. Thanks for having me on. Uh, What a great introduction. And I wish everybody could see your hat today. It's so adorable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is what you do when your hair is 
quite where you want it to be. And you're in the podcasting world because I know the creative types love hats. So I knew that you wouldn't mind if I wore the hat, but thank you. It's one of my favorites. So I appreciate that. And, you know, Karen, um, is there anything else you want to share about yourself on a personal note that I haven't because, you know, I'm doing this bio, you and I've met, but, you know, you have so much that you bring. And I just want to give you the opportunity to share anything else besides your God story and all that other <laughs> other stuff that we're going to talk about. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I do like adventure. I, it, when I travel, I often find I can do something adventurous. I've gone zip lining and scuba diving and horseback riding in the ocean and all sorts of things over the years, especially when my children were teenagers, because they liked adventure when we were on trips. And that's something people don't always know about me. The other thing is I seem to attract natural disasters. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hear about that gal. <sighs> We're going to hear more about that, I'm sure. Yes, but I survived so, them all. <laughs> yes. And you know, the last time you and I spoke, I want to tell you a story real quick, since we're talking about natural disasters. We were like in a tornado. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time that we have had one so close to our home. And it woke us up in the middle of the night and... It was right around the corner and it just came down one of our main streets. And I will tell you what, it uprooted all kinds of trees and we were out of power for two days. And wow, it was definitely telling to go through that experience. Thankfully, no damage or anything to our home or no one was really hurt bad, but lots of chaos and property damage and inconvenience so i really respect your stories around this because i mean it takes a lot to weather that when you have these things right oh yes and sometimes you can prepare and sometimes you don't know i had a sideways tornado come behind our house when we lived in maryland and that i don't think I can even pronounce it correctly. I believe it's called a Dureco or Duresho. And it does mean a sideways tornado. And it took away screening and things because it was behind the house of the porch on the back. I didn't fell any trees. I'm not sure why it was just something so unexpected. And there was a lot of damage in the area and not something we thought would happen. And another time I was at a friend's house in fact, I was moving away when a tornado hit that area and we were able to watch from the window because the tornado was just feet away from us as to everything that was going on there. And it, you just, it can be so devastating. You can't understand and comprehend all that's happening and how fast it goes. Yeah. And I do agree with you. I mean, because we had 30 seconds, we were given 30 seconds and it was here. And thankfully, we weren't far from our basement and got in and everything, but it came on and nobody expected it. And that's, I mean, that's scary. Those are the scary ones, right? So I don't think anyone ever anticipates, you know, 
wanting to be in a disaster or, or anything like that. Or, but still, um, it's just, it really makes you appreciate a lot of things. Yes. So, so anyway, well, Karen, as you know, I love sharing Christian women's transformational God stories. And today you are going to bless us with yours. And so one of the questions I always ask my guests before they share their God stories or God story or um, many um, is why do you think it's important for us to share our God stories? Our personal testimonies move people because they know we're real. And when they see how God works in someone's life of the people they know, it really touches them in a deeper sense. And I believe that's important. The other thing is, of course, we're always validating God and giving God the glory when we are telling those stories. And that's what we're really here for is to give God the glory that he deserves. Yes. And I really, really love that you said that. And that's one of the reasons I started this show, because it's so easy to get caught up in your own ambition and your own self and, you know, getting away from giving God glory, right? And so this really centers me on that. And I just get so blessed. And I'm, I, I really appreciate what you shared about that. So speaking of God's stories, so can you share where you're surviving the unexpected God <laughs> story begin? Began, oh, begins, begins, <laughs> begins. Yeah, it's hard to always pinpoint things because even as a child, I went through floods and hurricanes. I would say one of the biggest ones came when I had five children and my husband was away on military orders. We were living in Miami and a Cat 4 hurricane came. At that time, it was the worst hurricane to hit the continental U.S. And we were told not to leave because we were in a zip code that would not be hit, but the tornado took a 90 degree turn and we had a direct hit on our house. And I had the children, when I realized the gumbo limbo trees also called the Taurus trees because the bark turns red and it peels. <laughs> they were oh, really, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, they were as big as oak trees as far as the trunk and they were bending in wow. half. And when I saw that, I said, we are getting hit. I grabbed all the children, woke them up, got mattresses, into my closet on the upstairs level and said, we're all going to be in here because if the house falls, I want to be on top of the rubble, not underneath at all. And <laughs> throughout the night, we're hearing the crashing and banging. We had an anomaly with the house that when they built the house in that closet, first of all, we had no idea with the architectural plans that our closet would be 10 feet by 12 feet. So it was big enough for all of us to be in. And above it, they had a major beam that crossed the opening of the crawl space that would normally get you into the attic. And so that piece of wood for the opening kept flapping up and down. It couldn't go anywhere because of the beam, but I could tell there was no water coming in. So we still had a roof over us, but it sent cool air when we had no power. And that was refreshing too. So throughout the night, when we would wake up, I'd read something else from the Bible and we'd pray. And finally, in the wee hours of the morning, before the dawn, 
I read Jesus Calming the Storm and I prayed. And at that point, everything became silent. All the crashing stopped. Waited a couple minutes when my son Michael in the back of the closet piped up and said, Mom, you should have read that one first. <laughs> oh my I thought, God. yes, he's right. I should have read that one first. And I said, you're right. I, I don't even know why I didn't turn to that one first, but thank God he turned to us now. I said, I don't know if it's the eye of the storm, but let's just trust it's, it's done. And that was done. So after we waited about half an hour, I ventured out and down the stairs with my two oldest children. And as I'm going down, I felt God nudging me and saying, pick up the phone. And I just kind of left and said, oh, right, Lord. And he said, pick up the phone. I said, sorry, Lord, I, I shouldn't say it that way. And I went and picked up the phone. I had a dial tone and I said, who do I call? And he gave me number after number of how to reach my husband and calling the insurance. Then my brother-in-law happened to call in and ask how things were. And he was the vice president of the power company asked, and he knew, I didn't even know that the major power box for our entire 7,000 family community was behind my fence. He asked me the condition of that. I was able to tell him and he said, you will have power restored probably by Thursday. This was Monday. And he was right. It's just as he was assessing everything, they knew if those boxes were okay, they could get power back in those areas and send people out first. Uh, the secretary called. I told her the fence was down and my only concern was motorcycle people were already trying to go over the fence and they might land in the pool. And she was able to get hold of help that came out and helped us get that fence back up. And just so many things happened that God just kept taking care of us. Well, after the sixth call, I hung up the phone and I lost the dial tone and that was it. But I got word out to every place I needed to, including both my family side and my husband's side of the family. Wow, Karen, that is incredible. I mean, what a testament of God's showing up in the middle of this crisis. I mean, did this strengthen your, I mean, were you, I can't imagine the strengthening of your faith having gone through this. It strengthened my faith, but I saw it strengthening my children's faith more. I'd already been through a couple of lightning strikes, <laughs> a lot of different disasters, okay? This was just one of the largest, most powerful disasters. My children just went to work helping with everything they could. And when Michael, say, got very tired from all the work he could do, because he was my oldest son and my strongest one, I, he said, what can I do? I, I don't think I can work hard now. And I said, here's a pad and a pen. Start writing down everything that's been damaged in your room because you lost the roof over your room. And so did your sister. And so he did that. And But after we did things, my children that were old enough started going out and helping at tent cities and other places. And when we got power back before a number of fit friends did, we let them know and said, just drop off your laundry, take a shower, we'll take care of it. And even the littlest one, it was only two, helped sorting laundry and things and helped with all of that. Oh. So, you know, it was the community helping each other. And that's what we did. Yeah. What a testament, though, of being Jesus, I mean, in that way, and just how you turned a disaster into a very God-honoring way to be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those around you and a witness and a testament 
of that in the situation and circumstances. I mean, God always seems to take these things and turn them for good, you know, especially you having had the experience of going through other disasters um, besides this one. So um, what can you just give us a little insight into when some of these disasters all started with you? <laughs> um, like, was it when you were two years old for, I mean, just kind of share with the listeners, you know, your, your kind of your story of the disaster, the timeline. The first hurricane I remember hit when I was eight years old in Connecticut. We weren't hit that hard. We did in the summer times our water would, well would run dry. And I can remember one time even hooking up the host, a few hoses together to my uncle's next door to be able to get water that we wouldn't have to carry bucket after bucket down to our house until we were able to drill a new well. And at the same time in the spring, often we would have flooding from winter snow melting that would go into our basement and we'd have to be bailing that out. There were so many little things that happened. After we were married, when we lived in Connecticut, we had lightning strike our house twice. We had a major hurricane go down our street, but it didn't hit our house. It hit a lot of branches and trees in our house. And it, some of the trees went through neighbors' houses that hit their houses and things. And so we were helping them. And it, just so many different little things would happen and, and sometimes bigger things. And the hurricane in Miami was not the last one. In fact, we got struck by lightning twice in Miami. And one time I didn't even realize it struck a pipe in the bathroom because my oldest daughter was away in North Carolina where she was preparing to get married. And it wasn't until a few days before the wedding, probably a week or so after the lightning strike, they went in her room and the carpet was soaked. And I realized, oh no, we got water in here. And I had to call a plumber. Girlfriend had a plumbing business, called her and found out that it had struck the pipe coming into that bathroom and was leaking, of course, into there. And they had to take care. They took care of everything they could right away. I called the insurance and said, I'm leaving tomorrow for my daughter's wedding. We've taken out the furniture. We will do everything when we come back. We can't address anything else now. And they said, fine. You know, but even here in the house I'm in, Hurricane Irma came a few years ago. We had some roof damage and other damage, and then we had hail. I didn't even know hail would hit this area. I'm home and I hear this just total crashing on the roof. And I look out and they're the size of golf balls just pummeling on the house for 10 minutes or more. Then we had a lightning strike and then the hail returned. <laughs> I didn't even know you could get what were called hail dots. Had to get a whole new roof on the house because of the damage. There were just so many things that have happened over the years, but not once did any of us or our neighbors get hurt. And I kept getting things from the insurance, like a new roof and other things. Things that I wow. didn't expect, but you know, it's amazing to go through the chaos of some of that. And of course, a, hur a cat four hurricane when you have lose so much of the roof that all the tiles and all come down, you have rubble everywhere. And my youngest son had won a wagon at a little uh, diaper derby that I happened to be at at the commissary. And that wagon came in so much use to help us gather up the rubble and dump everything. <laughs> There were just things wow. that the Lord provided for us that we had no idea we would need. <laughs> oh my gosh. So are you writing a book on a survival guide? 
or have you written any books on this? <laughs> no, but one thing, and, and my daughter might do this sometime, my oldest daughter, when Hurricane Irma hit, her husband was a pastor in the Florida Keys, and Marathon Key was just devastated, but their church and the parsonage were okay. And they ended up having to help. And they were getting calls in once they got back. I had her dogs for a month because the dogs weren't allowed in, but they were, as a pastor, they were part of the relief organizations that could go in first. They had someone come or call and say, I've got an 18-wheeler and my boss has sent it. It's full of work boots of all kinds of sizes. What do I do? And she said, well, here's the address of the church. Tell me when you can be there. I will get the word out because in our community, we're feeding the people who don't have any way to get fed. There's a restaurant just providing food and it's at the park and I will give out the word. And when she told the people, they came and within 15 minutes, they emptied that truck and everybody took work boots and whatever else they had there for them. And after that, her uh, organization from the church, that their relief organization came and said, would you work for us? Would you be a case manager? And she says, I'm just volunteering to help people. I, I'm not looking for a job. She said, but we need people like you that can work and just respond to anyone who says we'll help. So she not only became a case manager, she became the lead case manager for the hurricane relief for the uh, her, the Florida Keys and worked on that wow. until about a year and a half ago when they closed down their work in that area. And she did so many marvelous things. I think between us of what I've gone through and what she led, it probably would be something we could do. we just have other books we've been doing. I know, I know. Um, and there, we'll, we're gonna talk about those books here in a bit too, but cause we have so much to talk about. We've got some time to do that, but I was just curious, like, you know, because there are so many natural disasters and so many unexpected events that transpire, you know, all over. And, you know, of course, Franklin Graham's organization, Samaritan's Purse is out there and their first responders. And then having worked for an organization where there was a, uh, a huge um, earthquake, Haiti earthquake, earthquake that happened um, when we had, um, people over there and um, doing um, visits with our child development center. This was when I worked at Compassion International. One of the things that um, I recall about these, nat these disasters, these unexpected disasters mm -hmm. is truly the God stories that come out of them. And it is just amazing. And so I was just, you know, not that I'm prophetic or anything, but I was just going, oh my gosh, you're such a wealth of knowledge, <laughs> you know, and having come through this and then the way you've come through this and the variety of different ways and, you know, the, and I'm sure you could write some scriptures and I mean, can you maybe just share some of those scriptures that really minister to you when you were going through these crises? Well, of course, Jesus calming the storm is one. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Nehemiah, yeah. Nehemiah, reading the whole book of Nehemiah as a family after Hurricane Andrew, as we were rebuilding, really gave us the energy and the strength and the willpower to work on what we had to do. There are always those that where God reminds us that he is with us always, that we leaned on. And, you know, earthquakes, I had one of those hit my house in Maryland also, while I had about a dozen children at the house making chocolates with me with just one other mom. And I was also in L.A. when an earthquake hit at my son's house, So, which was before that. I never imagined that I'd go through an earthquake in Maryland. That, that's almost unheard of there. No. And yeah, no. that's why I say I've been through almost every type of natural disaster. It's except for a tsunami, I think, that you can name. It's It's been incredible. And yet I survive all those. And I just said to the children, they said, what are you doing? What's making the house shake? I said, it's not me. I said, it's God. It's an earthquake. Just sit down on the floor. And I motioned to the other woman what to hold on to while I pushed up against a hutch because we were in the kitchen. And that was the only thing that could move that might come down. And we were okay. But it was just something interesting. And I said to the children afterwards, I said, now, we don't know if there might be another quake, another aftershock. You're not to leave until we call your parents and they come by to get you, because I can't just let you go out on the street. And so that took a little extra time. But I said, however, look at we have chocolates to eat. <laughs> oh, my. You're the eternal optimist woman. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can just see that and visually see that. I mean, and what a way to help them come out of a very traumatic situation, Karen, because, you know, there's PTSD that comes out of these circumstances and situations with people. And when you come through these disasters, so how has the Lord helped you keep your mental health through this? I mean, how, how has he really helped you keep, you know, from having flashbacks or nightmares or, you know, walking in paranoia? Well, first of all, be grateful. Just be grateful. Everyone's safe. I was so grateful. All those children at my house, these precious children of my neighbors were all safe. Be helpful. When disasters happen, see who else you can help and who needs that help. You know, I had a neighbor who was so nice. He knew my husband was away. He came to my door as soon as he could. He goes to knock on the door and my son's there trying to barricade the door. So he comes in to help. And then he said he had gone to a neighbor's house where the man was home with his family and they were cowering in the closet and wouldn't even come out. And he was so amazed that there we were just, you know, working on getting things together again. But we were military strong, you might say. And we just, you know, focus on what do we need to do? How do we help one another? And how do we help others? You know, even with Hurricane Andrew, as much as we lost two of the bedrooms, we had three, but I moved my older daughter out of her bedroom because we had family friends that the woman had MS, she needed AC, they had no power. She had two little children and we moved her into that room. She also helped fold everybody's laundry. <laughs> And we just doubled up in the way that we could to help the people who needed that help. And her husband stayed back at his place, but they had to put more gas and everything and prime the pump to get that generator working every four hours. It was just too hard for them. And we said, just come on over. And yeah. now when you are helping others, you're too busy to think, woe is me. Yeah. And I love that. Um, I love that. I mean, I, I, 
I really honor and respect that. I mean, you're a woman who has accomplished so much and come through so much and you, you lost a husband, you're now a widow <laughs> and, you know, but yet you're just shining Jesus. I mean, you know, you're just continuing to carry on and, you know, just um, live your life and make the best out of every day, you know, and I know that um, you have a calling as a writer. And, and can you tell us a little bit about what brought you to that? Because <laughs> I, I mean, I, you do now. I mean, I'm not sure you always did, but tell us a little bit about that. From now that you're, I mean, Karen, you've written 30 books, right? And you have a publishing company, right? Is it Tyndale? Oh, Tyndale is the, uh, a very large, Tyndale. it's a, it, a large yeah, Christian one publishing company that I write for yeah. them. They give me a lot of contracts and I also write for AMG Publishing and other publishers. And so they've all been so good to me and I do different books with different ones, but no, I'm a mathematician. I never expected to write, you know, math is like 180 degrees from, which means the opposite uh, from writing. And I avoided all writing courses. I had to take one. I found out which one said the shortest papers and that's the one I took. So <laughs> and yeah, God called me to write. And before that, people kept saying, oh, you should write. You should write books about all these things you do with your children and your faith and everything. And I said, oh, I'm not a writer. But then I went on a retreat and prayed and God said, I'm calling you to write. And he gave me a vision. And the next morning I kept thinking, oh, where should I sit for breakfast and changing my mind? And I finally thought I'm supposed to sit here. The end of breakfast, they said, turn over your placement. Everyone has a different painting and it is uniquely from God for you. And mine was a painting of my vision that I had the night before when God was talking to me, which I don't usually have visions. Okay. And it had Proverbs three, four, five on it. I can just look up and there it is above me hanging up because anytime I think I, I can't do this in writing, I'll look up at that and say, but you can God. Yes. I love that. I mean, I think that really don't you think when a person goes through a disaster and they're in the midst of that, that having that word or the word of God or scripture or something is very strengthening um, in, for faith, you know, when you're in, in uh, embedded in yes. the situation. I mean, and, and people seem in these desperate situations, even those that aren't believers, cry out you know they cry out to god because they feel so um, you know helpless and yes. they're not in control and you know i think that's that's a thing that it from what you're telling and sharing is really separates how you've handled and come through these things well because you have this faith yes. you know and i had a strong family of faith growing up and uh extended family living near me and what God has called me to write is to strengthen the family to strengthen the moms to strengthen the children and I do that with stories with devotions and stories and those devotions and practical tips as well as creative fun that I like to mix in because that just gives us joy <laughs> yes and that's your personality too <laughs> I mean you're you're just You've surprised me as I've gotten to know you. You're just, 
you're just a hoot. <laughs> so I love it. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. So anyways, all of that led me into writing it. And one of my new books, of course, is Growing a Mother's Heart that has stories, including some of the stories from the hurricane, some other stories of other people facing struggles, as well as the joys in life. And so there are joyful stories in here. There are stories of struggles of like one woman who woke up to her child screaming. She couldn't pick up her child. It was like picking up a fish, she said. And they had to call the ER uh, people, the ambulance who took them to the ER. Actually, she could only go with her daughter. COVID had just started a month before that. This was just before Easter, the year COVID started. Turns out her daughter had leukemia. I was just up in Connecticut to celebrate the two years when her daughter was able to ring the bell from leukemia of the treatment being completed. But it was very hard during that time for her. And she thought, I'm an experienced mom. I thought I've been through things. I've got a teen. I've got this child who's now halfway through elementary school. Got it. And then all of a sudden life changed. And that's what happens to some of us as moms. And so we need the mom support of one another. We need to have those stories that bring us hope and remind us of the joys of motherhood. And that's why not only did I write the Growing a Mother's Heart, but there's Growing a Mother's Heart Bible study to go with it, a really creative story that helps women open up and share their stories, their bloopers, their joys, their struggles, all of that, because that's what brings us together as moms and helps us support one another. Yes, I love that. And You know, it also seems like whenever you tell stories or share stories in community or, you know, just commonality, in in my opinion, it builds unity even. And I think um, that is important too, because we can sometimes all get dispersed and kind of doing our own thing. And, you know, I think the struggle is real, right? The struggle is real with life events and unexpected events like your God's story and what you've shared here in terms of, you know, unexpected events. And so, you know, it sounds that, you know, you've come through so many of these events and it's really made a difference in transforming you in your faith and in your calling and, you know, and how you are as a mom and, you know, a widow and what you're doing now and how God is just turning your life upside down, right? In terms of these things. And so I would, I would just love you to maybe share, you know, any closing words that you may have um, for those that might be out there and just come through a disaster or two, or, you know, excuse me, um, have had, you know, some challenges, you know, um, just from PTSD or other trauma, you know, that has happened because I know there are neighbors in my community. They're still not recovered from that tornado. And how it came, I mean, they're still like, I would say a little bit in shock over what transpired and, you know, just a little depressed from what 
they've had to come through new roofs and costs and all those things. I think there's a lot of times people think I'm strong. I can do it myself. And they haven't learned to lean on God. When you grow up leaning on God and saying, no matter what happens, God is with me. It's so much easier to go through those. And that's the difference I've seen with neighbors and myself and neighbors who said to me, how did you go through with your husband, with his breast cancer and everything? And I just, we trust God. There's only certain outcomes. And we've said, we can live with whichever one God gives us and that's okay. And that amazed them, but that became a testimony that we also shared with them. So realize that whatever you're going through, God can use that. And that can bring people to God and help them trust in him, because that's what we want to do. Could I have done it on my own? No, I don't think so. But could I do it with God? Yes. Could I do it with my children and us praying together? Yes. And that makes such a difference. And I see them as grown adults now and how they respond because they went through so much when they were kids because they were in those disasters with us and they learned to laugh at the things that were absurd, like so many pictures and everything falling down. But this one staying up when everything nothing else was there. We had a friend that he only had beams left in his house. And there was a picture hanging on one of the beams that had not come down. I mean, those things can, and we have to sometimes be able to laugh. So remember, don't lose your laughter just because there's a disaster and trust the Lord always because he's the one who's with you. And I don't know. Sometimes do we know today why we went through something? No. Do we know tomorrow better than we did yesterday? And so that's where we have to say, sometimes it's for our lesson. Sometimes it's for our children or someone else and our, our testimony for them, because how many more disasters did I need to go through to trust God when I was trusting him every time? And yet for other people that gave them more faith. Mm hmm. Really, that's great. And, you know, I, I, I did want to ask you, I mean, I know I was going to wrap up here, but I was just thinking as we were talking, you, um, you mentioned that God told you to do this, God told you to do that, God told you to do this. How, how did that happen? I mean, it was it in your spirit or in, I mean, how, how did you, how did you receive that? When, you know, I know we have the Holy Spirit, yes. Holy Spirit is there. And sometimes, you know, we, God speaks to us in different ways. And I just, I would just like to know how that, how that happened, how in, in your right. experience. There are moments when I just hear a little whisper from God in my mind. There are times it's as though something has been put on my heart, especially to help someone else. And I wake up every day and say, how can I bless someone and put them in my path so I can do that? And then there are times when God uses other people, uh, you know, even their questions of you should write books. I think I should what? <laughs> Maybe I should ask God, yes. should I write a book and see what happens? And God didn't just say write a book. He sort of gave, also gave me a second vision with, at that same time of this tree full of books. And I said, oh, you want me to be a writer? I thought it'd be one book and I get out of here. <laughs> and certainly it has come to fruition that I have had like a tree full of books and, and more is still coming. In fact, I have one coming out next year, Growing a Joyful Heart. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to get that book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so 
so good, Karen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So would you mind sharing um, how others can reach you now? Like if they wanna look at the variety of books that you have and, or they want to maybe send some communication to you, you know, or maybe they want to book you for a speaking engagement or, you know, have coffee with you or however um, they, they want to interact with you. How can they do that? Well, first go to my website, karenwhiting.com. Karen is with a K. Whiting is just like the fish. So K-A-R-E-N-W-H-I-T-I-N-G.com. And then from there, you can click on my social media, go to Facebook or wherever you like to hang out that I also hang out and get hold of me that way. You can check out my books, whether you check them out at my website or you go to wherever you shop for books. I love people to go to their Christian bookstores because those are the lighthouses, the beacons of light in our communities, and we're losing too many of them. So first go there. Might cost you a few more dollars, but you are investing in your community and the people who need that store. Okay. Well, thank you again, Karen, for your time. And um, I'm so excited for you as you get ready to embark on some travel adventures. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to continuing to connect with you and, and you know, kind of keep abreast of all those happenings that you have going on. So thank you. It's been a pleasure and a blessing to have you on the show and friends until the next show be heard and be healed altered stories ministry is a faith-based nonprofit and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in overland park kansas if you enjoyed listening to today's story your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org.